So in three, two, one. All right. Got Andre here. Andre, how you doing today? Good. How you doing? I'm good. Good, man. Um, thanks for getting on today. I uh, appreciate your time. Um, wanted to start off just by asking, you know, how you're doing, how you're holding up, what you've been up to um, while we're kind of, you know, I think at the tail end of this quarantine, but it's been going on for about two months now, maybe three. I've lost track of time. Yeah, um, everything's been good. I've been actually really busy. Um, I'm like in the process. Uh, I've been, we moved to Jersey and um, I found this place in Glendora and uh, it was kind of like right in the beginning of quarantine that I came here and uh, I worked probably like the first couple weeks and then, um, and then when stuff really started got, getting crazy, uh, we stopped working. So I haven't worked in about a month. But even in that time, like, I've still been training. Um, I have access to a gym. And um, it's been good. Um, I've been staying busy. Yeah, that's good. And I think that that helps a lot of people kind of, you know, keep their minds occupied if it's if we're not in the gym, actually, with our training partners, whether it's lifting, running, riding, yeah. bike. Um, I see on your Instagram a lot that you're, you're really, you know, you're always lifting and, you know, moving a lot of weight. Um, what kind of, you know, strength and conditioning program are you on um, to keep your strength up? And then, you know, how does that change when you have a fight coming, if it does at all? Um, so, like, the first six weeks, we, we did about six or seven weeks, me and this one other guy, um, and we took – Indiana's wrestling team strength and conditioning program. It was like based on, it was like two phases and each phase was like uh, four days a week. And we just basically did the, these um, workouts every day. So we would do like six, six a week. And um, it was good. We did that for, for like a long time. And uh, I mean, we kind of like, we were in there. So like, you know, we did some pad work and stuff, just one-on-one, -on -one, just like, just to try to stay as, uh, as sharp as we could. But, uh, with the gyms being closed, it's kind of been tough. And then since then we kind of, uh, switched over to a, um, a program that's like heavily focused on bench deadlift and squat. And that has kind of given us more time to do like some more extra like conditioning and pad work and, and stuff. Um, when we were doing like the Indiana program, they were like hour and a half to hour and 45 minute lifts. So they kind of, by the time we were done those, we didn't really have the energy to like go spar or grapple or do anything. Gotcha. And you know, those, those lifts at hour and 45 minutes uh, prior to quarantine, was that about normal for you or what was your, your strength and conditioning looking like when you were able to also train regularly? No, um, no, definitely not that much. Uh, I would usually do like a 45 minute to an hour lift because I knew that like at night I was going to have to go to practice mm -hmm. and I kind of wanted to like not use all my energy during a lift. But when you got nothing else to do, you know, <laughs> we were just lifting a lot, trying to stay as strong as possible. So, you know, do some conditioning too. But when the call comes, you know, I'm only like three weeks out from from being ready to fight. 
So you'd feel confident you got a call three weeks from now, you'd be able to step in the cage, you'd be good to go? Yeah, every fight camp I've ever done, the first two or three weeks have been, like, heavy on, like, the strength and conditioning. And then the la- I really only need, like, I've only really spent the last, I'm not going to say what I need, I don't really know what I need, but what has worked in the past was, like, the last three weeks is when we really start, like, focusing on, like, strategy and, like, a game plan. I mean, the, to me, like, if you're in shape, that that's, like, it's like half the battle. It really is. I mean, you see so many guys fade after one round, right? right. They, they get after that first round, and they, they can barely pick their hands up. And, you know, I always was a big proponent of it's really the only thing I could control, right, is my conditioning. So why not be in great shape? Love that. Um, now when you say, when you say you're in camp, right, there's different, um, you know, mentalities to what a camp should be. Some guys do like a 12 week camp. I'm more of a proponent of like a five to six week camp. Cause I'm always in shape. Um, what's the length of like, all right, now I'm in camp. I can't miss a session. I gotta be there, you know, working on these things. How's that? How long is that for you? Um, about six weeks. Uh, my last fight was a little bit shorter because there was such little time between fights. I fought in December, and then I fought again in February. I think it was February 7th. So, like, that turnaround was really quick. And um, I was, like, still, like, banged up from the December fight. Um, yeah, I had to get x-rays on my hand. I, I thought I, I had broken my hand. And then, like... I started uh, the camp maybe, like, I started getting really serious. I I guess what I would call camp is I'm always training. I'm Mm -hmm. always, like, technically in camp. I'm always training. But, like, I'll put fighting first. Like, fighting's, like, the first priority. was probably, like, four or five weeks out. And the first week of that whatever you want to call camp for my last fight, I thought I broke my nose. And I was sparring, and I got, like, hit with an elbow. And my eyes were, like, straight black and blue. And I was like, oh, man, I hope I didn't break my nose. This, so, at this point, I'm, like, maybe three weeks out from the fight. And everyone's like, oh, like, are you, why aren't you going to get an x-ray? Like, you need to go get an x-ray. And I'm like, what's the difference? Like, in my mind, like, I was still going to fight whether it was broken or not. But I still had hope that it wasn't broken just on the fact that, like, it wasn't bleeding that much. Mm-hmm. Um, but reg- to say the least, it made the camp tough. Like, it made it real tough because I couldn't spar. And um, I've never been, like, a huge runner. I've always tried to do my conditioning as far as, like, in the gym. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. And was it broken or did you never go for x-rays? I never got the x-rays, but – I mean, I would assume – even in the fight, mm-hmm. look, I, I just had to, like, accept the fact that, like, I was going to get punched in the nose during that fight. It was probably going to bust open again, and, like, it was going to be a lot of pain. Like, it was going to be really <laughs> uncomfortable. Even, like, two weeks before the fight, I was, like, sparring, like, lightly with headgear on. Like, the full mm-hmm. face mask headgear, and I would get hit and be like, oh, fuck, I'm not sparring. Like, this, this hurts. And then I'd go home and be like – dude, how am I going to fight, like, in two weeks with this? But anytime I've ever had anxiety about an injury leading up to a fight, 
I get into the fight and it doesn't, you don't even think about it. Mm-hmm. Like I got cracked in the first, like the first minute against in my last fight and my nose started bleeding immediately, of course, but I didn't, I really didn't feel anything during that. Now, does that, that whole feeling of not feeling something, um, do you feel that rings true for the majority of your fights? I mean, I've gotten cracked pretty hard and I'd never really second guessed it until the next day when I'm like, man, I'm sore now. Yeah. 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 Uh, even like I've, I always throw that, um, uh, I always throw that liver kick cause I'm Southpaw. Mm-hmm. Same. And, uh, until like as of recently, I really started working on like the angle of the kick. I still was like doing the amateur, like kicking up and I was always kicking my opponent's elbows. Mm-hmm. Right. So like, I remember, um, my debut fight against Crumrine, I kicked his elbow like hard and um, like you could hear, I could hear it and I didn't feel it at all. And then the next day, my an- ankle was so swollen. I was like, how did I not even feel this? Like it was, it, it hurt so bad the next day and I didn't feel anything in the fight. Yeah. I don't know if that's just adrenaline or if it's focused on something else. I've never really been able to, to pinpoint why I can just completely block pain out like that. But I've you know gotten injuries in fights, got, you know, cracked, do, done things like that where I kick people in the elbow and I never feel it till the next day. I don't know where that yeah. comes from, but I think you're absolutely right. It's probably a combination of the two. Um, now, speaking of that adrenaline, um, you even talked a little bit about having, um, you know, a little bit of anxiety before fights for some injuries and whatnot. Uh, when you're, you know, in fight week and then as it starts approaching getting closer are are you someone who gets more anxious do you just get excited are you just like i just want to get it over with i'm I'm sick of being in camp what's your mentality like that fight week um i think like throughout my career um i've gone through waves of of all of those emotions like i've been had like fights where like i just wanted it to be over and then like I've had fights where, like, I'm just excited and I I didn't really get that nervous for it. So I think I've had, like, the full spectrum of emotion. And, dude, like, I mean, I mean, when I tell you, like, I've been making weight and competing, whether it's in wrestling or jujitsu and fighting for, like, 25 years. Like, so I think by now that I have a pretty good idea and a pretty good grasp on how to deal with whatever emotions they are, like, whether it's, like, you're having a lot of anxiety or it's like you're really excited how to like kind of stay on like an even plane through all those emotions. Do you do any kind of uh, like mental work in that sense? Like some guys meditate, they, they yeah. do yoga once a week. You do, you do mental work like that? Um, I mean, for me, like I just make sure that I'm right with God when I go into the fight, my God. And like, as long as I'm right with him and like, I always just kind of leave it up to him. Um, I know that like sounds like a little cliche, but like as long as I'm good, I'm good with him. Like the outcome really isn't isn't any of my business. Like I'm gonna go out and fight as hard as I can, and like you know, it, if he wants me to, if he wants the cards to go in my favor that day, like I'm grateful. And and if not, like I'm gonna lose. Like um, it, it's gonna take a lot to beat me. But, like, I'm going to lose, like, with character and, 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 like, fight hard and, and not quit and, and like, 
trying to think of the word, but like lose with dignity. Mm-hmm. No, that makes if sense. If you're going to think... beat me, like you're going to have to beat me. <laughs> I've seen, yeah, I've seen your fights. I, I'm well yeah. aware. <laughs> um, and you said something, you know, about going, if you would go, you know, down, it would be going down with dignity. And you said something else about, you know, if I would lose, um, and you're not even really concerned about the outcome when you're going into that fight. Um, because it's in God's hands is, right. is winning at, at some point, almost secondary to you. I feel like I just want to go out and put my best performance on. And if it's not my night that night, as long as I fought well, I'm still happy. Um, I think that from my experience, this is just from my experience, everyone's different. Mm-hmm. I think that people that go into um, fights with that mindset perform better. Mm-hmm. so like um like you said it perfectly man like one thing you can control is like your conditioning right so like if you focus on what you can control you know like the outcome's really not any of your business yeah i agree and i think i mean I, it took me a long time to realize that in my whole amateur career i was so focused on winning that i wasn't looking at the bigger picture of things which is actually going out there improving each fight and putting my best foot forward. Um, and, you know, moving forward, that's something that I really want to focus on more. Uh, and I see like guys like you and, and guys that have been around um, longer than I have that are having success with it. The more I talk to them, the more that, you know, your mindsets are all kind of, you know, in line with mine, which, which is a, a good feeling moving forward. Um, one thing I did want to ask you though um, you know, you, you're a pretty laid back guy. You're pretty calm, um, pretty even keel. Has there ever been a fight that you've gone into that you just like, didn't like the guy you fought with a little bit more emotion than you should have. Um, and you know, put more of a, a personal spin on things. Definitely the last fight, uh, with Andre Hall. (laughs) I mean, when I watched like his documentary that, that his, uh, management team, made for him I was like oh man I like this guy like he's he has like a a a different and like a likable personality he talked a lot about like uh the psychology of fighting and like I was like I I like this dude and then I did my interview and uh and after my interview he like started messaging me on Facebook like weird stuff too like it wasn't normal and he was saying (laughs) um oh my god me and my girlfriend were cracking up he was like, uh, you know, like, oh, like, if you're trying to sell your confidence, like, you should always, like, maintain eye contact and just, like, saying dumb shit. And, like, honestly, he he's, like, a, on paper, a very scary opponent, right? Like, he has wins over, like, Eric Anders. He was, like, 13-1 and one overall. Um, like, he, he uh, I mean, he's, like, on paper a really tough opponent. But I was the most confident going into that fight just based on the fact that, like, I saw how much of the fights he won based on wrestling and uh, and, and some other factors, too. But uh, I kind of had fun with it. But at, at, at one point, I was just like, oh, yeah, I'm going to hurt this kid. Like, <laughs> <laughs> just, for, just on sheer principle. Now, you're uh, – you know, you said you just moved to New Jersey, but you're a, a, a Pennsylvania guy, wrestler, right? Um, yeah and your your background in wrestling uh, a lot of people say that it's the most important background to have in MMA do you do you hold that true yeah I mean 
not only like do we have control over where the fight goes, right? Like, I mean, if you could be the best striker in the world, mm-hmm. but if you can't at least like stop the takedown or make him think twice about the takedown, like you're probably not going to win the fight. You got to have some type of, at the very least, like takedown defense. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but with that being said, like, I think that you see some of the best wrestlers that excel in fighting are like, they have all the other attributes. It's not just like a good takedown. Like they got like the conditioning, like mental toughness, discipline. They know how to train. Like they have everything that carries over. Yeah, absolutely. And you see all the time guys try to make the transition that are, you know, high, high level division one wrestlers. And it may not translate because they might not um, transition well to cage grappling, or they might have made an entire career off of their, you know, blast double, and they eat a couple of knees to the face, and it doesn't work well for them. So I think to your point, right, the the other tangibles that come with wrestling, whether it is that mental toughness, the ability to grind through workouts, the you're just always staying in shape, being able to make weight, as as simple as that sounds, um, I think all sets you up for a good base in the, in the game of MMA and fighting and then sets you up for Absolutely. a good career in those things. Uh, the other thing that I think is important is, like, some of these guys that um, have spent, like, a lot of their younger years striking, like, let's face it, we, we only have, like, so many shots to the head. Yeah. Like, in our lifestyle, in our, in our lifespan. So, like, I mean, it, if you're wrestling for, the, like – you know, from the ages of 10 to, to 15 to 20, like you're avoiding a lot of that damage that you would normally be taking if you were just like, say you were doing amateur kickboxing in your teens. You there? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I just think you, you avoid a lot of damage and like, like let's face it, if you win an amateur kickboxing, you could win 10 amateur kickboxing titles in your teens. Like, it doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. Like, you might as well save those hits. Everyone talks about it. Like, there's no point in really going to war or sparring all the time. Like, save your brain for, like, when it really matters. Yeah, and kickboxing camps in general, right? You got to spar probably two, so three, if I was starting, weeks. If I was training – Sorry, my internet connection's crapping out on me. It's all good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I heard. I think I heard what you said that you got to spar two to three times a week. Yeah, a lot of those guys in those those kickboxing or tie only camps, you know, they're sparring all the time. It might not be heavy, but they're still getting hit. Yeah, for sure. I think though, and which I like is that we're starting to see guys get away from sparring so much, at Mm -hmm. least in MMA. Yeah, I mean, I'm only sparring one day a week. Yeah, when they get to a certain point in their career, they're 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 going away from the sparring. Look, I think there's no way you can't get good at fighting. You can't get comfortable in in striking without putting years into sparring. Like that's I don't think you can. Oh, I'm right there with you. I mean, I've had some knockdown, drag out. I'll call them fights in the gym, right? Yeah, but absolutely. What that does is prepare you for when you're in the cage, and you only have to have so many of them. You have to know how you react when you start getting hit in the face for real. Yeah, for sure. You don't want to do that for the first time when you actually step in the cage. Yeah. Um, 
So, you know, I after, agree, hundred percent. After so many sessions, like a guy like you, or you know, someone of your experience, or you know, even me having, I've you know had a decent amount of amateur fights, and then you know, one pro fight. I feel like I don't have to spar all the time. And even when I do spar, it's not necessarily sparring hard. It's more working on my timing, my uh, combinations, putting things together, and being able to flow while I'm sparring, not just rearing back and trying to knock somebody's head off. Yeah, and that's that's harder said than done. It is, I know. Yeah. I, but I agree with you 100%. Like, I would say you'd get much more out of doing technique sparring or touch sparring or whatever you want to call it three days a week than, than doing the other way around, than sparring hard three days. You would get way more out of it. But, like, I can't tell you how many times, like, I go into the gym and I'm like, yo, like, you want to just do some, like, work on some stuff, like, do some technique sparring, blah, blah, blah. And it might be that way for the first round, but, like, I'm guilty of it too. Like if I get hit like a little harder than I think we're going, like I start cranking it up too. Yeah. And that's just, I think the competitive nature of all of us as fighters, I get in that. I have those conversations after sparring sessions with Christian Carr all the time. I'm like, dude, we were supposed to be going light. We just fought for five rounds. I'm like, there's nothing you can do about it though, because we both want to get better. We both want to improve. You know, I'll stop us in the middle of a round sometime and be like, we're going pretty hard. But, yeah, you know, it is what it is. We both come out of it better. I agree. Um, and I think that um, that's, like, one thing that makes that, – that, I think that's why, like, having a head coach and that one voice is so important because, mm-hmm. like, there's so many – like, look, I've been training my whole life. I've been competing my whole life. But, like, there's certain things that I'm still never going to be able to do. And, like, I'm never going to be able to, like um, – I'm not going to be able, at least as good as a, a head coach would be able to, as far as, like, saying when to pick it up, when to slow down, when to be like, yo, 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 we're just drilling right now. Because if a dude starts picking it up on me, I, I'm never going to, like – I'm always going to be like, all right, let's go. Like, so you need that voice. And, and that's one thing like I've kind of been missing. And now you're primarily training down at balance, right? I was before the quarantine. Um, I was back and forth between like balance and 302. Okay. And um, I was doing a, a, a lot of boxing the last uh, – the last like two or three camps, I was um, I was spending like one or two days a week in the boxing gym. Do you think? I mean, I personally thought that it showed in your last couple of fights, just watching them. But did you yeah. feel more crisp when you were when you were in the fights? Did you feel like that? Ab- absolutely, and I I think it um, it definitely gave me a lot of, a lot more confidence. Yeah, I mean, Blaine Shutt, when I interviewed him um, after his CES title fight, he said the same thing. He was working with his boxing coach more than he ever had, and his hands obviously felt good. But for yeah. the same reason, he said his confidence was through the roof. Um, yeah. Do you have anything that you can attribute that to? Like why you think working in the boxing gym those, those one, two days a week helped your confidence so much? Um. I mean, I I just think that um, you're not going to get, like, in the MMA gym, in my experience, you're not going to get, like, the level of, like, break people, like, constantly, 
like reminding you like, yo, like you got to move your feet or like, just for example, like you got to move your feet. Like, yo, you got to bring that hand right back to your chin and, and like, yo, like you got to move after you stretch. Like in MMA, it's like, in MMA, it's like we got a room full of fighters, everyone's sparring, and, and, and like that's it. Whereas in, uh, whereas in a boxing gym, uh, in a boxing gym, it's just two guys sparring in the middle of the gym. Like there's only two guys in the ring. So like whether you're there working out or not, like at some point, everyone looks over at the guy sparring and like can't help themselves but to be like, yo, did you see or like critique it? You know what I mean? So if you're doing something wrong in an MMA gym, my experience is that you could get away with making a mistake for a long time before someone's like, yo, you realize you're doing this wrong, right? And, and whereas in a boxing gym, you're going to find out real quick. Yeah, that's a, that's a very good distinction. I mean, in an MMA gym, you may not ever feel or know that you're doing it wrong to actually even work with a partner that tells you, let alone your coach noticing it. Because like you yeah. said, they got 10 guys um, all sparring at the same time. How are they going to be able yeah. to, to help each and every person all this? It's time? impossible. It's impossible to be able to watch everyone. Um, now, and, when and most times, most times the, the coach isn't really going to like start watching every move you make until like it gets real close to the fight. Yep. Right. And by then you've already been making that mistake for so long that it's hard to correct. Yeah. And it's not the time to be making corrections three weeks. Right. Out. Right. And you know, that's just kind of the nature of the beast of being in an MMA gym too. You know, with boxing, you can focus on just your striking. There's so many things that goes into just boxing let alone that you yeah. have to worry about takedowns and clinch work and this and that. Um, MMA coaches are really good at, at putting it all together and helping you, you know, build your MMA game. But it is important to have those specialty coaches who can help you, whether it's in jiu-jitsu or wrestling or just those pure sports that build them to your overall game. Absolutely. Now, when you go back, you know, when quarantine is over, uh, we're able to go back into training. Um, you know, what do you have – in store what's your plan for the rest of this year and then moving into next year in, in terms of fighting dude i'm ready to go um <laughs> i'm dying honestly i'm fucking dying to fight um i i got so like stir crazy over here i just went on facebook and was just like messaging every promoter i, I went on sure dog or tapology and like looked for the events like if they're gonna have a promotion's gonna have an event they have to post it online and like I was just like messaging every event that was coming up, messaging the promoter and being like, Hey, is this event still on? Has it been canceled yet? Who's your 85 pound champ? Uh, and just like seeing what I got back. Um, and uh, we're, we're talking to a couple right now, um, mostly like in Florida and Mississippi, mm -hmm. but um, look, I would love to fight, you know, in July, you know, I, I would love to be like, yo, I got to fight. Uh, maybe like the week after 4th of July for Art of War in Philly. Like, I would love that. But I, at the end of the day, like, I have to – I got to fight. I like, can't wait till like, September. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, it's a long layoff. And you – you know, we only have so many years of being in our, you know, prime athletic ability strength and, and being able to actually fight to the best of your ability. So, you know, you got to take the fights when you can. And we're not going to be able to – fight in Pennsylvania anytime soon is my opinion on things unless something drastically changes I think we'll be one of the later states to open 
Um, yeah, I, I mean, I can't argue with you. Um, if I'm going to be like um, a hopeful, uh, optimistic mm-hmm. here, uh, I'll be like the devil's advocate in a, in a hopeful way. Um, let me see what they just said. Governor uh, Murphy in Jersey, mm-hmm. he just extended um, indoor gathering uh, to 50 people and outdoor gathering to 100. So the limits were like, I'm not sure what it was for indoor, and then outdoor was like 25. He just basically like made them even more. So, okay. I mean, not that that means we could have an, uh, an, like an event. That doesn't mean we could have an event, but I feel like it's slowly getting there. Yeah, and they're going to keep bumping them up, and, and we'll see how it goes from here. Um, one yeah. question I do want to ask you, and I've been having this conversation with a couple people. Um, you know, the UFC, they're fighting with no fans, right? But they're, they're kind of locked into contracts, and they get paid – a lot of the fighters, anyway, get paid regardless of gate, right? Now, you might have some of the main event guys that, that get pay-per-view buys or they get part of the gate or what have you. Um, but on the regional scene, a lot of what we make comes from our ticket sales would you still be willing to fight with no fans and not being able to get that extra money from those ticket sales? Um, potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that there would be a lot of factors that go into that, but yes, I would. I, I'm, I'm open to the conversation. Definitely. And that's, that's how I think all people can be is, is open to it. I mean, there's, you know, streams that you could do and maybe get per- percentage of streams or things like that. But just I've been of- asking for that for uh, since way before I turned pro. Way really? before that. I've been asking every promoter that. I said, listen, can you just do an online stream? I- I'll come out right say, I've been asking Mike Bickings for like a long time now to like, yo, can we just have an online stream, right? You stream it to this website, they, you charge whatever, $7.99, $8.99, and I will, you can even take everyone that streams it and uses my link, right? I'll give you a percentage of that. Mm-hmm. And, and then I would get the other percentage. To me, that seems cut and dry. I'm sure there's other factors that go into play for that, but I've been asking them for that forever. Like, there's no reason that the people I went to college with down in North Carolina and my family in Florida or Texas, like, that they shouldn't be able to get on the computer and watch the fight, you know what I mean, through a live stream. Yeah, and at that point, it just becomes essentially, you call it like a digital ticket sale, right? And you can still get um, your commission from that or whatever that may be. Um, Yeah, I've been thinking about the same model for a long time. I don't know. Like, you remember when – I first started fighting a while ago. They had the Go Fight Live, right? You could go on Go yeah. Fight Live, buy the fights. Um, there's got to be somebody who's figured something out like that. That you know the model is there. I just haven't really looked into it, but it, it's got to exist, and, and it, there's got to be a way that we'd be able to use it. And it might become part of the new norm moving forward. Yeah. Look, I think that it's it's when there's an opportunity, like if if the fighter is trying to maximize his profits, right? Um, a lot of times, like, that is going to be him saying, pay me more, pay me more, right? Well, this is a situation where, um, you know, getting paid, making more money isn't coming out of the promoter's pockets, you know what I mean? 
And I, to me, it's just like, I don't understand. I don't know. I don't understand why, why it hasn't been, been taken care of. And I know like, you know, Mike and them said that they were working on the NBC, NBC sports deal and, and whatnot. And then like, if that was the case, then there'd be no need for the live stream. Mm-hmm. But I mean, get one of the two. Yeah. And I mean, everything's on hold now. So hopefully, you know, moving forward, we'll see, you know, one of those things come through. Um, yeah. Just like you, I got people all over the place that want to see me fight. There's only so many people that can come to a Philly or a Lancaster, right? There's people yeah. all over um, that want to be there. And then they end up watching it through just like a Facebook live, like somebody records it and they yeah. watch it on that. Um, yeah. So, you know, in due time, I think the technology is there. We just got to figure out a solution, um, you know, for us on the regional level. And, you know, it can definitely happen. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, Andre, it was a pleasure, man. It was a, it was a good, good seeing you. Good getting to talk to you. See, uh, you know, how your beard's grown out. Um, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing you fight. It is, yeah. Um, looking forward to seeing you fight, defend that Art of War title. And then, you know, uh, I, you know, whatever else is on the horizon for you, you know, the next step I don't think is very far away. Just keep grinding, keep pushing, and, you know, it'll, it'll fall into place. Absolutely. Awesome, man. It was a pleasure. I'll, uh, I'll be in touch. Uh, hopefully get down and, and train with you once all this is lifted and, and we'll see you soon. Yeah. Hit me up anytime. All right, Thanks we'll again do. for having me. Yeah. Thank you. See you soon. Yeah, bud.